Welcome to the Ruby Book Club podcast, where we read an hour of Ruby Book each week and dissect it with you. I'm Zaron, developer and founder of CodeNewbie. And I'm Nadia, developer and director at Ignition Works. Today, we're continuing on with chapter six of Pat Shaughnessy's Ruby Under a Microscope. We're going to dive into how the module prepend method works and then look at further behavior with modules and submodules. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Ruby Book Club. And if you're reading along and you're on Twitter, tweet at us and let us know what you think of the book so far. We'd love to hear from you. So how did you find this week's reading? I really enjoyed it. Particularly with the module preprint stuff, I felt like Pat was telling us a story. So we started with this example and we stepped through it and it was like, oh, but this happened and we didn't expect that to happen. And then it was bit by bit in- uncovering how it works on the inside. And I just liked the way it was structured. So I, I enjoyed it. What about you? Yeah, same. I really liked it. It was very solid. Uh, I learned about, you know, it's it's fun to take this basic concept that we've already learned and talked about and then look at different ways to configure it, right? So we've been talking about modules for, it feels like for a while now, mm. but each time we're talking about like, let's include it here. Let's have two modules. What if we did this first? You know, we're kind of like playing with this idea, but we're still in the same space. So it's a lot of fun to see the different ways that we can take this one idea. Can I just say that the last few readings, which I've really enjoyed, it feels like we're reading a different book to the book we were reading in chapters I was like just, two and three. Yes, I was thinking the same thing. Yes. I really want to know what Pat's process was because yeah. it really does feel like a different book. And I love yeah. this book. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, the other really book, I, book I liked, but this one's great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, it makes me wonder, maybe they were written at different times, yeah. maybe there's a different editor, like, yeah, it, it has a very different feel. This is very much about very small building blocks, and it feels very procedural, and we're going to build a story, and it's a totally different vibe. And I mean, I mean, we're only halfway, so maybe by the end it'll make sense, the chosen structure, but at the moment it's mm. so cool and rewarding knowing about, you know, simple concepts that we, you know, we already know what modules are, we know what classes are, we know what objects are, or we, we thought we mm-hmm. knew what objects were, but the whole yeah, right. table and YARV instructions, maybe by the end, like, we'll be looking back and go, wow, what a masterpiece, and it'll all just tie together nicely, but as of now, I'm still not sure about the decision of the structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, I agree with that. Cool. So shall we begin with prepend? Let's do it. So first of all, have you seen prepend before? As in, I think I've maybe read about it once, but I've never, ever used it. And I don't think I've ever seen it in a class before, like in a, in, in a code base I've been working on. Same. I was like, oh, this is new. I didn't, I didn't know you could do this to a module. Okay, so here we are talking about prepend, and we are specifically talking about an example of how that might work. So we start with listing 6-8, where we begin with our class mathematician, same class we've been talking about for a while. And our class mathematician has an adder accessor called name. And here, okay, how do you say, this is the other fun part about this, is I feel like I'm just learning how to say new names as well. Excuse me? That's not, that's not. Is that really? There's no way in hell I can say that. Maybe I'm overdoing it, but it's French. Poincaré. No. No. Okay, I'll I'll say the bits for you. Okay, ready? Yeah. Go. Poincaré equals equals. (laughs) Oh shit! No, sorry, I I overstepped my mark. Let's try again. Yes, you're only supposed to say the name. Okay, go. Poincaré equals mathematician dot new. Poincaré dot name equals Henry. Henri, come on. Oh come on. Okay. 
Wait, wait, say it again. Henri. Henri? Like Thierry Henri. 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 Yeah, there we go. Poincaré. Okay. P. Poincaré. Dot name. uh, Returns. Henri? Poincaré. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure our listeners would love that. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, that was very easy on the ears. (laughs) Okay, so in summary, we called the name and we got back the string of that actual name. Okay, that's what we got from that. So now we see what happens when we include the professor module. So in listing 6-9, we have module professor end. And then in our class mathematician, we have our adder accessor for name again. And this time we're including professor. So we look at the superclass chain for mathematician and professor. And we see that mathematician is at the top. And the super pointer is pointing to the included class for professor. And the super pointer of the R class for the professor module is pointing to the R class structure of object. So we have mathematician, include a class or professor, object. Okay, so now we want to do something a little bit different. We want to display the title professor because all these people are professors. So we make a modification to our code in listing 6-10. We have our module professor end, so that hasn't changed. But now in our class mathematician, we have an adder writer, so that change from an adder accessor to an adder writer, colon name. And we have include professor, so again, we're including that module. But this time we have def name, and we have string prof dot, and then we have the interpolated instance variable at name end. So Pat says, this is really ugly. And it's really ugly to display that title that way in order to get it to display it before each mathematician's name. But the other problem with this is the fact that this idea that these mathematicians are professors shouldn't really belong in the mathematician class. It should belong in the professor class because they're professors. Mm -hmm. So we want to move that out and put it in the place where it belongs, which is in that professor module. And so now we come to example 6-11. And what we do here is we have module professor, but this time we put something in it. We have def name, and then we have a string which says prof, and then we interpolate the word super. And then we close off that module. And then inside our mathematician class, we go back to having an attribute accessor of name, and then we include professor. So now we do... And it's good I took over, right? We have Poincaré <laughs> equals mathematician.new. And then we do Poincaré.name equals Henri Poincaré. And then we do P Poincaré.name and we have Henri Poincaré. Now, this is a problem because we were hoping to see Professor Henri Poincaré. And so Pat asks, what happened here? Why did, why did we not get what we expected? And so there was a moment when I read this and I was like, yeah, what happened? And then when I read the solution, it was obvious what happened, which is that professor is a superclass of mathematician and not the other way around. So when we call right. name yeah. on the instance of mathematician, it finds the attribute accessor name and it calls that, which just returns the name. And so if we look at uh, figure 6-15, we see the R class for mathematician at the top of the diagram. And we have a superclass pointer that points down to the included class for the professor module. And on the right of the mathematician R class structure, we see the attribute accessor uh, for name. 
And on the right of the R class structure for the professor module, we see the the def name. But the thing is that when we call .name, because the method is found inside the mathematician class, it never goes and looks for it in the professor module. So we never call that super method where a super basically says, call the same method, but in the super class, we never get there. So what do we do? And this is where prepend comes in. And I guess this is kind of why I was surprised that I'd not seen more of prepend in different code bases. And I guess I haven't seen that many Ruby code bases that, that use a lot of modules, but it seems like behavior that you'd often want, particularly if you're including specialisms to a class. Yeah. So well, bef mm -hmm. before we get to the prepend part, there's one part that I was a little didn't really make sense to me. So mm -hmm. even if it had reached the def name that was defined in the module, the super pointer is pointing to the object. So, so it wouldn't have worked, yes. Right, right? Okay, yes. I just wanted to make sure. Because I, <laughs> I was like, because when I initially saw listing 6-11 and I saw the super in module, I was thinking, well, obviously it's not going to work because the super professor is not mathematician. Well, you're just so smarter it, than like, me, okay? <laughs> No, I just wanted to make sure like I understood and I wasn't just missing something. So there's no, two did. problems, right? Like the fact that super pointer is not the right pointer and the fact that even if it was, it just never gets to that method. Yes, exactly. Exactly right. Cool. So this is where prepend comes in. And in listing 6-12, we have the module professor that looks the same with the name method that interpolates in the professor title before calling super. And then inside the mathematician class, Instead of including professor, we now say prepend professor. And so when we create an instance of a mathematician called Poincaré and set Poincaré.name to equal Henri Poincaré, now when we do P Poincaré.name, we get Professor Henri Poincaré. Prepend what magic you are. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of those moments where I would love to know when we should do this. Like, when is prepend a good idea? Because in this very specific situation, obviously, we can see, you know, how mm. it works. And, and, you know, this is great for what we want to do. But in the larger context of designing your architecture and how things should work and the relationship between different modules, I would love to know, okay, is this worth it? Like, is it is it worth this specific situation? Or is this something we should generally avoid? I see what you're saying, because the way it's written in this book, it's almost written as if, oh, when you get into a situation where you've got a responsibility, and it makes sense for you to call super, change include mm -hmm. to prepend. But I guess there's no discussion of, well, what are the costs of doing that? Why don't right. we do that exactly. all the time so yes I guess having read this now if I ever came across the situation where I wanted to set up code like this and prepend would make it work I'd probably change it to prepend and then see if I came across any pain later and that would be the mm. way I'd learn when it didn't make sense but beyond that yeah I'm not sure when you wouldn't want to do it yeah, and it's the kind of thing where the fact that I haven't really seen it in a lot of code bases and I, I don't remember I don't remember ever hearing about it, it makes me wonder, is that because people just don't know that Prepend works in this way and there are benefits, or is there a reason why people generally avoid it? That's something I'd like to know more about. Yeah. So now we're gonna look at how Ruby implements module prepend. So in figure six sixteen, we have a slightly different looking superclass chain. So instead of starting with mathematician, we start with the R class structure for the included class for professor. Mm -hmm. 
And that super pointer points to the R-class structure for mathematician. And the super pointer for mathematician points to the R-class structure for object. So we basically swapped professor and mathematician. And so in this order, on the right side, we show the relationship between the methods. So the def name method now is at the very top. And then underneath that, we have our adder accessor for name. And well, then we have nothing. So if we look at the superchain and we see that professor comes first, then mathematician, if we're calling the name method on an instance of mathematician, it's not really clear how that instance would know about the name method in professor because professor came first. Because that instance knowing about professor kind of makes it look like it's going backwards on that chain to figure out what that method is. So we have to figure out how is this actually working and how does that instance know about the professor module's own method called name. So here it does something that I don't think I would have ever guessed. Like if I just didn't know what this mm. answer was, I don't think I would have ever come up with this. And we see this answer in figure 6 it's very clever, yeah. So here we're introduced to this new idea called the origin class, and we create an origin class for mathematician, which is how Ruby gets that prepend idea to work. So we have a new superclass chain, and it starts with mathematician and mathematician's R-class structure. And in that R-class structure, we have our normal super pointer, and that super pointer points to the included class for professor, and then the superclass for professor points to another mathematician. And this mathematician class is the mathematician origin class. And the super pointer of that points to the R class structure for object. So essentially, we have, we've prepended, in a sense, <laughs> a mathematician R class structure at the very, very top before that professor. And we have this new thing in that newly added prepended mathematician R-class structure, which is an origin pointer. And that origin pointer skips over the professor module's R-class structure and jumps to that mathematician origin class. So in terms of how the methods are now different and that relationship is different now, instead of the adder accessor name being in that original mathematician class, it's now in the mathematician origin class. And so the way this works now is that instance of mathematician starts at the very top of that superclass chain, and then it looks up the name method, and that is defined in that included class for professor. And then from there, we jump to the adder accessor name, which is found down one R class structure in the mathematician origin class when we interpolate in super. Yeah. So yeah, it's never heard of it, but... When you think about it, it seems genius. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that's <laughs> really smart. I love this because this is kind of a, a trend that I think we've seen at least in the last episode, maybe even the episode before that, where it feels like a lot of Ruby's solution is don't know where to put it. Let's make a copy. And let's, <laughs> you know, now you make it sound a scrappy, <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. You know, like it's, you know, I don't I don't have what I need. So I'm going to make another one and put it in the place that I need it. And that's something that I, I would not have thought of. Speaking of making another one, we're going to have a bit more of that coming up in a second when we go into experiment 6-1, modifying mm -hmm. yeah. a module after including it. So this experiment is going to look at what happens when you change a module after you've already included it into a class. Now, had you heard of this Xavier Noria before? 
No. Now, I could have Googled this person, but I didn't. Uh, so I might do that later. But mm-hmm. this experiment came at the suggestion of of one Xavier Noria. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at some code. We're going to set up a module and a class. And then we're going to later change the module and see if the methods on the class are updated or not. So we're going to start with example 6-13 got a bit of code so we've got module professor and inside that there's an empty method called lectures so we just have death lectures semicolon end all on one line then we have class mathematician and inside the mathematician class we have two attribute accessors one called first name and one called last name and then we include professor so now in example 6-14 we're going to inspect the methods of a mathematician class and you know, nothing crazy going on here. When we instantiate an uh, instance of mathematician called Fermat, we do Fermat.firstName and we set it to Pierre. And then we do Fermat.lastName and we set that to Defermat. And then when we do pfermat.methods.sort, we see the methods we expect. First name, first name equals, last name, last name equals, and lectures, which we got from the module. So now we're going to add a method to the professor module after the fact that it's been already included a mathematician and see if mathematician instances pick up the new methods. And by the way, when I was reading this example, initially I was a bit confused because I was like, well, obviously it's going to be included. You've just changed the module professor with another mm-hmm. method. But now I realize that um, Pat is talking about almost a procedural bit of code where we've in the past done include professor and then later on right. we're opening up yeah. professor again and adding a new method. Mm-hmm. So in example 6-15, we now then add some more code where we open up the module professor and we add a different method called primary classroom. And then we do again p.firma.methods.sort and this time we've got the same methods as before but also primary classroom. So this is cool. Um, already an instance that's already been created has this new method in. And b- before we dig into this a bit more, we're going to try one more thing, which is to do with submodules. So what about if we reopen the professor module and include another module into that? Will our Whoa. mathematician instance see those methods? Are you thinking like module inception or something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so with example 6-16, Now we have something called module employee and we have a method, an empty method called hire date. So def hire date, uh, semicolon end. And that's reminding me of Confident Ruby. Do you remember that hire date chapter? Anyway. No. Oh. Oh. (laughs) So long ago. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. And then we open up the professor module again. And this time we say include employee. And so... You know, we're going to go back over everything we did. So in example 6-13, we include the professor module into the mathematician class. And now in example 6-16, we're including the employee module into the professor module, which is already included in the mathematician class. So let's see if we do p.firma.methods.sort, do we see higher date? No. So while adding methods to already included module shows up. If we include a module into a module that's already included into a class, we do not get those new methods. So Mm -hmm. now we're going to look at what happened. Cool. To start, we're going to go back and look at some diagrams that we're used to seeing, which is understanding the structure of how the, the, 
the R classes of the classes and modules are arranged. So we've got figure 6-18, and this is the one that, which shows what happens when we've got the employee module included into the um, professor module, which has been included into the mathematician class. So what we've got is, I'm gonna go from left to right, see if this works. We've got the R class structure, the top left for the mathematician class. And that super class pointer points to the R class structure of the included class for professor. So remember when we include a module, Ruby makes a copy and that's what the super class pointer of the original class points to. And then to the right of the included class for professor, we see the actual R class structure for professor. And we've got a dashed arrow saying, oh look, this is a copy. So now when we include employee, what happens is from the original R class structure for the professor module, the super pointer points to the R class structure for a copy, or in other words, the included class for employee. And then at the rightmost side of figure 6-18, we see the original R class structure for the employee, um, and then a label indicating the copy. So the key thing to note here is that when the employee module is included into the original professor module, it's that's where it that's where it lives. It's got nothing to do with the included copy, which is used by the mathematician class. Yes. So do you want to solve the mystery for us, Saran? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we have another question to consider, especially when we look at this structure, which is how was mathematician able to access the primary classroom method if that primary classroom method was added after professor module was included in mathematician. If we talked about how professor modules are copied and it's the copy that is pointed to by mathematician, then how would it know about any updated, modified, newly created methods? So to do that, we look at figure 6-19, which is going to be very fun to explain because there are <laughs> lots of arrows. <laughs> So we start at the very top left, where we have our R class structure for mathematician. So the superclass pointer for mathematician points to the R class structure for the copy of professor, which is the included class. So the super pointer for the R class structure of the included professor, which is the copy of the professor, the professor module, points to the R class structure of the object. Now, in that R class structure for the included class, we also have the M table, which is the method table. So the interesting thing here is, even though we have two professor R class structures, we have the original and then we have the copy that's included, we only have one method table. And so we have these M table pointers in each R class structure for the two professors, but they're still pointing to the same method table, which is not copied. So anytime we make any additions or modifications to the methods of professor, it's being maintained in a single place. So new additions can still be understood and referenced and used by the class that is including that module. Yes, and so when we include a module into the professor module, we don't, because that has nothing to do with the included class that mathematician refers to, we don't see any of those new methods because it's mm -hmm. only the professor original class that sees the extra new module. Right. So if we look back at figure 618, just to solidify mm -hmm. this, and we have 
three types of things going on here. We have our mathematician, we have our professor, we have our employee. And so if there are any modifications made for methods of the professor module, that is recognized by mathematician. But for employee, because that's included in the module that's included into mathematician, even though the employee and its copy both reference that the same method table for the employee methods, that table is only accessed by the original professor module. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yay for learning. Yay. And so that's module prepend. And next week, we're going to explore constant lookup. Oh, yeah. That was fun. That I was a lot was. of fun. I really enjoyed that. So... This week, the reading for me, you know, honestly, I, I, (laughs) I no, I was going to say, no, no, I was going to say I enjoyed it more going through it. Like, I feel like now that I've gone through it, a lot of pieces have really, really Mm. solidified, especially going back to that example and connecting like the three different objects and figuring out how they all relate to each other. Like that was, that was really awesome. So I feel like I made a lot of connections in the reading, but also just in this conversation. So um, I'm going to give this, this is pretty solid. I'm going to give this a nine. Yeah, it's a nine for me. How about you? I'm a nine as well. Oh, yeah. we agree. That's I already awesome. liked the reading and then going through it with you, it was just extra, like, this is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There was still a few things. Connected. It's not like a perfect 10. Okay, I haven't even given a perfect 10 yet. Yeah, that's so I don't true. Know, like I said, I don't know what I'm holding out for, but this was great. <laughs> yeah. So we want to know, what did you think of the reading this week? Tweet us your score at Ruby Book Club and tell us how you plan to use the takeaways from this episode in your next project. See you next week. Cheerio!